All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. We are black free thinkers, but we are not the Kanye and Candace Owens kind. I just have to remember to remind you guys of that. Today, we will be having a conversation with Shawnee Williams and Illinois Equity Staffing. So please join us as we welcome Shawnee Williams of Illinois Equity Staffing to the show. Marijuana is now legalized in Illinois in several states. We want to inform you how to become an equity partner and owner of a dispensary, become an infuser, cultivator, disposal services, and more. The possibilities are absolutely endless. If you are a person of color, especially a person of color, and you're looking for new business opportunities, you should definitely contact Illinois Equity Staffing and see how they can assist you. Shawnee Williams is a recruiter and account executive with background in business operations, sales, and recruiting. She has her MS in business with over 30 hours of coursework in the cannabis field itself. She's Chicago-born and yet somehow managed to live in eight different states. And it's important for you guys to know that she has 30 coursework hours in cannabis field, so it makes her a subject matter expert. So I definitely want you guys to contact them and to contact her for any questions that you have, they can redirect you to different resources. They are a major resource. They they have staffing. They have the training classes and even more to offer you. So please reach out. I embedded the links into the show notes, but you all know how I do. I'm going to post them a little bit later on the Reddit forum and also in my um, Facebook account as well as Twitter. I've already put some out there, but I'm going to put the links up later so that it all makes sense. And I'm going to put the links under the show title, so you'll see how it's all related there. So, Shawnee, welcome to the welcome to the show, Miss Williams. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me, Kim. I'm doing well. How are you? No complaints. Well, yeah, a bunch of them, but it's not going to help anybody. But <laughs> but I'm happy to have you here with me today. You know, this is Absolutely. Guys, I met Shawnee. Yes, ma'am. I met Ms. Williams at one of their training sessions, and so I was just asking them all of these wonderful questions, and they were some of the most helpful, you know, delightful people that I've ever met. And I wanted to bring them on the show because Illinois has legalized marijuana sales. And in Illinois, there's a lot of groundbreaking work happening in Illinois. These activists have been absolutely on their square, right? So we got reparations in the city of Chicago for those who were mistreated and, and, and falsely accused and imprisoned by John Burge. That is the first city in this country to ever get reparations. And we've talked about this before on the show. You all really need to go out and study and see how that's being done. In Evanston, Illinois, the profits from the marijuana sales is going to be basically reparations for people of color living in that particular area in Evanston, Illinois. That's groundbreaking, and it's extremely mm-hmm. important because in Illinois we are setting a precedent. In the state of Illinois, basically building up this equity partnerships, basically saying that black and brown or people of color have to be, you know, equity partners in these dispensaries, which in and of itself will create wealth 
and prosperity, mm-hmm. but also it will allow you to create jobs to help those that need it, while also appreciating the fact that you are a partner, you are a co-owner, which brings even more pride to your having an ownership or being a stakeholder in some fashion with these businesses. So let's just get mm-hmm. down to it. I would like for Shani or Miss Williams to tell us about her agency and you all's goals, your immediate goals and long-term goals in regards to Illinois. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so Illinois Equity Staffing is a Chicago-based company. Um, there are three principals, myself, Lynette Johnson, and Giles Travis. Um, we are the owners of the company. We all come from very different backgrounds. Um, and then we have several partners that we work with all over the state of Illinois. Um, primarily, our focus is the education awareness uh, piece. So we work with in the community to provide dispensary agent training um, out in the community itself, South Side. Uh, we have one in the West Loop at the end of the month. Um, we've had a few in Galesburg, which is a very underserved market. Um, and then we we work with Governor State Universities. We provide classes there, um, not only dispensary agent training certification, but we also do classes like Cannabis in the Workplace, Cannabis Basics 101. Um, really just helping people to understand and really demystify the plant altogether in the state of Illinois. Um, so that's our primary, or I would say that's, you know, that's one of the tiers or one of our, our platforms that we, we work um, with in the, the state of Illinois. Um, we are one of Illinois' approved um, vendors, responsible vendors. Uh, so what that means is there's 26 organizations in the state of Illinois that are approved by the state of Illinois to actually uh, provide cannabis training, um, cannabis operations training. And in order to get a cannabis dispensary agent card um, working for a dispensary, you have to have taken one of these trainings. Um, And so we kind of try and bridge the gap for people that haven't, aren't necessarily getting those calls back um, after they've submitted their resume. Just the people that are really hungry for trying to get their feet wet in the industry and, and are taking their own steps to move themselves forward um, have taken these classes. Um, like I said, there's 26 organizations that the class can be taken under. But like, once you take that class, it really you're able to put it on your resume and say, hey, like I've taken the steps, I've invested in myself, and I'm ready to work in the industry. Can I get a, an interview? I would love to meet you. Um, so that's one thing we do. Another thing we do is recruiting. Um, and I know our company name, it, it kind of throws some people off. It's, people immediately think temp staffing. Um, obviously, the cannabis industry industry is not focused on temp staffing, especially not in Illinois. Illinois is all about job creation. Um, and so we serve as a recruiting partner and a matchmaking partner for companies that are looking to create a diverse team of people that have, um, you know, been affected by the, the war on drugs and people who live in disproportionately impact areas. And so what, what it usually looks like is we have a, a client, whether they're operating out of state and they're trying to get into the state or they're already operating in the state of Illinois and they're looking to, to really make sure their team is diverse. Um, I think the misconception is a lot of people believe that the cannabis industry um, in Illinois is not trying to diversify. In reality, I can tell you that based on all of the clients we've worked with, that's not the case. Um, now, I can't speak for everyone, but that's definitely not the case. We have clients who call us and are like, we really want an owner who is from a disproportionately impacted area, who is a veteran, um, who's, who's from here, born and raised, hasn't left home. Like, find that person for us, please. 
Um, so we do that, and then we also serve as an HR partner as far as administration, um, onboarding, compliance, um, payroll, administration. We do all of that um, for cannabis businesses that are already operating in the state of Illinois. That is phenomenal. That was more than a mouthful. So, you guys, it's like, you know, they have a myriad of of different resources, a myriad of different resources that they have available immediately now to help you if you are looking to possibly work for a dispensary, be a co-owner. And, again, earlier I was talking about being infusers and cultivators and the disposal. Tell us, you know, is, can you tell us about those different um, designations and and why it's important for people to know about that as well. Absolutely. Um, what I like to say is that people, it's almost kind of like having a nightclub. A lot of people are like, oh, my dream is to have a nightclub. Why? Because it sounds sexy, right? Um, but at the right. end of the day, that's probably, owning a nightclub is, is a lot of work. But making the alcohol, um, you know, that's where the money is. So same thing with the cannabis industry, I think a lot of people think that it's going to be, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns and that it's really sexy to say you own a dispensary. Um, but the profit margins, you know, aren't as high as it would be for, say, a craft grower or someone who grows or someone who infuses and processes cannabis products. Um, and so the designations that the state has, um, obviously, we just saw wave one end um, application deadline was January 2nd at 4 p.m., um, and so that's one designation that's called a dispensing organization license. And then obviously we have three other licenses. One is craft grower. So a craft grower is kind of like a mini cultivation um, license where you have um, about, it starts, I think, at 5,000 square feet um, of cannabis. And so honestly, for me, if you don't have uh, any cultivation or agriculture experience and you're really just trying to get your feet wet, I think that's a great start. I think a lot of people are maybe discouraged when they hear that cultivation and craft grow are not the same thing and cultivation is much bigger. But for a lot of us, it's not like we, you know, we've grown up in a family full of farmers. And so it might not necessarily be the best route to go straight to cultivation when you really don't have that much experience. So we have craft grow and then we have the infuser processor license. Um, that license really is for people who are going to take the raw product, the raw um, bud itself and, and create something out of it. Um, so whether that be topicals, um, sublinguals, um, you know, vapes, which obviously that's all over the news, but in and of itself, still <laughs> vapes, edibles, um, drinks, beverages, uh, all types of things. Um, that would be oils, tinctures, that is processing and infusing. And then that last designation is going to be the transport license. And so the transport license is the one that's pretty unique. Why? Because there's an unlimited number of them um, as far as we know today. That may change. But right now, the state of Illinois is going to, they are in the bill, are going to allow um, people to submit as many applications they want, and they're going to allow as many licenses as they want. Now, obviously, that may change. Um, it's not necessarily written in stone, but that's the one where if you, and it's also the lowest price license. Um, so all the application fees, if you're a social equity applicant, you know, you get 50% off basically your application fee. But the transport license is the one that's 10000 
$1,000 if you get awarded the license, and it's the cheapest license or designation that there is in the state of Illinois. Um, so those are the four designations here in the state of Illinois. The applications actually are now live on the Department of Agriculture website for anyone that is interested in the craft grow, infuser, or transport licenses. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, we're definitely encouraging people of color, but specifically black and brown people, to be part of this cannabis revolution that's happening now. So, again, you know, are there obstacles that people should definitely look out for? Um, I think there's a lot of obstacles. I do – what I do want to say, um, number one, is is equip yourself with knowledge. Um, What I find most with our community, uh, with our demographic is – you know, we listen to the news, we hear through the grapevine, through word of mouth, through our cousin, through our aunt, but then we don't go and actually do the research ourselves. We don't read the bill. We don't, we don't take the time to read through 610 pages or, or 210 emergency rule pages. We just go off of what we're seeing on ABC, Fox, and NBC. And while that's not a problem, I always say that if you don't have the knowledge, you really are literally spinning your wheels. And so what ends up happening is, you know, someone heard on Fox one thing, but unfortunately they relayed the message incorrectly to their niece, and then their niece relayed the message to her best friend, and her best friend was like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to tell all the world on Facebook. And then, you know, it start, it gets viral. Um, and so what we see on social right. media a lot is people who are just unfortunately ill-informed. And so that challenge is something I think we have a lot of control over. You have control over being informed. Um, and, and having the knowledge that you need to equip yourself to be successful. Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, if you guys go to the Department of Commerce and Economic Development, you'll be able to see um, that is the branch uh, for the state of Illinois that's going to be handling that social equity piece. Um, there's going to be a fund for licensees who are social equity in order to pull out um, loans, low interest rate microloans for their business. Um, I believe up to $250,000. And while that's not a lot, that definitely helps. Um, And so the Department of Commerce and Economic Development has posted, you know, things to look out for, scams. Um, How can you tell if someone is trying to scam you? Um, So, you know, if you're from a disproportionately impacted area or you have a cannabis charge or you have an immediate uh, family member who has a cannabis charge and your social equity, you know, you may have people who are contacting you and trying to get you on their application and trying to bring you on as an employee because you're, you're now considered valuable. Um, and so just being, like I said, this goes back to being informed, like knowing, um, having the knowledge to equip yourself to be successful, it all is going to come back down to that. And so if you can um, really have the discernment to know whether or not someone is trying to take advantage of you, I think that's huge. Um, but definitely earmark the Department of Commerce and Economic Development, earmark the Department of Agriculture for Illinois, earmark the Department of uh, – or the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. Those three entities in and of themselves, um, those should be like bookmarked, homepage, on your computer or your phone at all times um, because they're constantly giving you the correct information, and they're giving, giving that information to you unbiased. Um, so that's number two. Number three, I, um, I think we, the black and brown community, 
um, and I'm not sure the best way to say it, but I think we have to understand. So let me just say this. The bill, I definitely believe that uh, Governor Pritzker wrote this bill to make sure that obviously black and brown people were not left behind. We all know that. He's, he said it multiple times. Um, it's, it's evident in the bill itself if you, if you read it. But I think what people fail to, to understand is that we can't do this alone. You cannot. Exactly. You can't. You can't have a license. You can't go after a license. You can't do business and be a silo um, because you have to have partners. You have to have strategic partners. You have to be a part of a consortium, a collective. Um, you have to, even if you don't see eye to eye with a partner, even if you don't see eye to eye with your, um, you know, your, your, your co-owner or your other principal officer, that doesn't mean you guys can't do business together. Just because you came from two different sides of the neighborhood and, and one person had, you know, grew up with money, that silver spoon in their mouth, you know, their whole life, you, you bring a different aspect to the team. And I think once we can realize that um, and put those differences aside, which is, I think, the point that Governor Pritzker was trying to make um, with this bill is, uh, first of all, if you're, you're not from Illinois and, and you're not social equity, we don't want you here unless you're going to work with someone who is from Illinois, who is social equity, who is a veteran. But on the flip side, if you are social equity, if you don't have any money, if you are a veteran, but you don't have cannabis experience whatsoever, you're going to have to look for someone who you can team up with and make this thing successful. And I dare you to submit an application and not have a well-balanced team. That's, I think, what we as a, as a community need to be able to really take into account and just chalk it up to that's business. Um, so those are the three things, you know, take, being taken advantage of, making sure you have your own knowledge and not depending on someone else to give you the wrong information through the grapevine and really understanding that we can't do this alone. Exactly, exactly, because that was one of the things that you stressed at the training, team building, and that's why I wanted you to focus on that today so that people will understand, you know, if you can't take on this particular burden as, as by yourself. You're going to need a team because it's going to take a team of people to make the business work anyway because you can't do it all Mm -hmm. by yourself. Mm -hmm. But one of the developments that that has happened, and it went absolutely viral on social media, was Evanston and how they're using the profits from their sales of marijuana to pay reparations Mm -hmm. to black people. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? So, um you know, I haven't actually seen the document and how it's going to play out, um, how it's going to be enforced. But first of all, great. That is an absolute, that was great news. I remember when I heard it, I was like, wow, reparations. <laughs> wow. Like I yes. never would have thought I'd seen the day. <laughs> um, now, from what I have been able to see, like I said, I haven't seen the document um, that was drafted, but it appears that this is going to be for Evanston residents. You know, Evanston residents, who unfortunately are victims of gentrification um, that are having a rough time uh, living in their neighborhood now that Evanston has, has grown um, economically. Now I think that's, it's great. What I do, what I would like to see is a document and see how it's going to be enforced because it kind of, I think a lot of people, everyone that, that saw that those news articles and saw this on, on the news on TV were like, well, how is that going to be enforced? 
You know, are we talking everyone who's 100% African-American? Are we talking about 50% African-American? How long have you, will you have had to live in Evanston to receive these, um, you know, these reparations? You know, so there are some questions, and, I, and I'm sure all of this is going to be addressed, but I think it's absolutely an amazing start to really under, and the gentrification piece is huge. I know a lot of people got stuck on the reparations, but if anyone knows anything about um, the history of how legalization has been occurring in the country, what ends up happening is, obviously, this is another thing that Pritzker was trying to avoid, is we have companies who bring all of their people from, you know, California, from Colorado, whatever, and then their companies make money. That particular area that that company might be in and, you know, some of those employees live in, obviously the the area becomes gentrified. And then the people that were originally from there can no longer afford to live in their homes, in their hometown. Um, and so I think it's amazing that Evanston not only is thinking at it, looking at it as reparations, even, it, even calling it that, um, but just looking at how it's going, how this industry is going to affect Evanston's uh, economy and how they can make sure that the people that have been living there and the families that have been living there for decades are, are not uh, negatively affected by, you know, a great industry coming to Illinois. Exactly, exactly, because we've talked about the violence of gentrification and how all of that comes to be and the fact that they're trying to retain their residents and, and, and make things equitable and fair, that goes a long way. And, you know, what's interesting about the whole thing is that um, they're releasing people who've been incarcerated for marijuana charges. And, and in many cases, I even believe that they're going to expunge their records, which is absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful and is something that mm-hmm. is needed. But yet in Chicago, they, they are still arresting people for marijuana charges. So that, mm-hmm. that's something that's being worked out as well. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, the expungement and the social justice piece, um, first of all, <laughs> we are the first country in America, or I'm sorry, the first um, state in America that's been able to expunge this many records this quickly. I think it was 11,000 at the end of the year. Um, yes. That is huge. And right, so we have, I think, exactly. I think we have about... 739,000 records left to go. Um, and, and obviously this is going to be over a five to, to 20 year span of really trying to sift through these, these records. Um, so number one, I, it, that's amazing um, to have been able to be in a, in a, in a, in a state that actually has been able to do that. I, I'm absolutely floored. Um, as far as Chicago goes, I think Chicago is a beast in and of itself. Um, I like to say that, like, Chicago, while it's in the, the, the state of Illinois, I think it has um, its own set of um, advantages, disadvantages, issues, you know, uh, weaknesses. It, it, I think it's, it's different. Um, and that goes for, I mean, you know, a lot of people were kind of split in the black and brown community on um, – you know, the pushing back the sales until July 1st. I think it, it split a lot of people um, down the line. Some people were like, well, I mean, 
we think we should still have access, you know, to buy it. And other people are like, well, you know, black and brown people need to be, you know, included. And so I think that definitely split people. But um, what it comes down to, I think, is um, as far as people getting arrested, I had no idea that people were still getting arrested in Chicago for possession. Um, now, I live out in the, in the south suburbs. I'm from South Holland. Um, and we – I, I can't really speak for Chicago. I don't know. What I do know is I was at a at a um, an event where I spoke on uh, as like a panelist for I think ten or fifteen minutes about just employment and laws and cannabis. And Kim Fox was there, and um, she she did make a comment that you know they only have so much control. And I and and I think another thing that people don't realize is that these teams that are working on these initiatives, whether it be the Department of Commerce Economic Development or even just, you know, Kim Fox's office, these are small teams. Um, and so I, I think they, they're they able to do what their job is, but they we've we got to be able to um, put, hold everyone else accountable for actually being a part of it. So whether that be, you know, uh, the Chicago Police Department or, you know, I'm not sure, is this the Chicago, the CPD that's actually doing the arrest, or are these, you know, Cook County Sheriffs, Illinois State Police? Uh, is the Chicago Do you have any information Police on this? Well, it's the Chicago Police Department that are arresting people, and Kim Fox, basically, she's not prosecuting any of the cases. So they're being dismissed on site. Basically, the people are being let go because um, Kim Fox will not prosecute them. So basically, in my opinion, just a, another form of harassment by CPD. And but the thing is, is that she's not charging people, so they are basically released. However, you know, there's other damage, other violence that's inflicted because uh, they're employed, and the next day they can't get to work because they're you know uh -huh. they're being held overnight. So you know, they're we're going to have to work towards. Um, making Chicago Police Department accountable for making these arrests, knowing that this person will not be charged, knowing that they're going to be released the next day, but who knows what may happen. You know, they may have a child. They may have had someone babysitting, and now they're gone. No one knows where they are, uh -huh. and now they're putting, you know, that, that child in that situation in danger. But that's something that will be worked out because, you know, again, this is only the eighth day of January. Right, right. <laughs> so well, you have know, to work the out part the of that. Yeah, the other part of that, and I think I, I may have mentioned this in the class that I met you at, um, you know, on the South Side, is that if you look at other states that have legalized cannabis, um, what happens is obviously possession charges go down, obviously, and then DUI charges go up. And so um, I, I think we have tried to, as a team, make it a point every time we were out speaking anywhere that people spread this word. Because I know for a fact that our young people don't know this, and they, you know, the assumption is, great, now I can smoke. I can smoke wherever, however, whenever I choose. And, yes, you can smoke. That is the case. But that doesn't mean that, you're, you're, that you're, your status of being black and brown has gone away, because it has not. Um, and so I think every case is going to be different. Um, and so that doesn't mean – that's not to say that the, the cases that you're speaking of aren't cases where these people were in their cars. Because if you're in your car and you have cannabis and it's out open, not in a sealed container, not in a childproof container, um, 
<laughs> it's very, very possible that you're going to be taken away. Um, and I think that, once again, that goes back to us making sure we are equipped with the knowledge that we need. Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I think there's some, there's going to be some learning on both ends of the spectrum as far as uh, if law enforcement goes. But also on our end, you know, I, I have exactly. nieces and nephews and family members who are, you know, young teenagers or, or, you know, young adults in their early 20s. And I think, like I said, the assumption is, great, I can smoke whenever and however I choose. And that's just not the case. Um, and, in fact, there are possibly law enforcement officers who are waiting for those kids to come out um, smoking in their car with the windows down because they know that that's a charge. Um, so, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we have to make sure we continue to educate people and to let them know, you know, basically how much marijuana you can buy a day, um, where you can smoke it, you know, and and how much, and, you know, but just educate themselves about the law, period, not just when it comes to cannabis, but how to protect yourself overall. And one of the Mm -hmm. beautiful things that I think that's coming out of this is that, again, the business opportunities, but Mayor Lightfoot is talking about setting up cooperatives so that black and brown people or people of color, but namely black people, won't be shut out of, out of the process. You know, what are your thoughts about that? As, and not only in Chicago, is that something that should be encouraged throughout the rest of Illinois? So um, I had a chance to kind of read up on, on this particular subject, and I think I think she made it very clear that her concern was at the top level. And remember, I, I think I kind of mentioned at the beginning, the top level is really cultivation and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she wants to make sure that it, I'm not saying by any means that it is easy to get a cannabis dispensing license uh, anywhere, regardless of the state. But what I am saying is that the higher you go up the ladder, the more, the higher the profit margin, but also the higher you go up in the ladder, the higher your investment is. And so just like I said, the transport license, uh, the license fee is much cheaper than, than, say, the dispensary license fee. Well, the cultivation and craft grow, which there is no cultivation, but the craft grow license fee um, and actually investing in those, the materials needed and the equipment needed to actually operate a craft grow facility, much higher. We're talking 13 to $15 million um, investment. Exactly. And so people don't have that. And I think um, she's absolutely right. I think in order for people who are not coming from money, who are not coming from a legacy of wealth in their family, um, will absolutely have to have that, that collective, that consortium under, under them or that they're under in order to actually make this happen. But once again, that goes back to working with other people. And I think that's what we struggle with. We have always struggled with being silos. And I think it has to do with us being um, distrusting of people. Um, we, we've seen what happens when you trust, um, others. And so we unfortunately shy away from working with a bunch of people because the more people we work with, the higher the probability that something bad is going to happen. Um, and so we kind of stifle ourselves and we're now we're sitting, you know, frozen and have sabotaged what could have been. Um, but she's absolutely right. I think it's amazing. I don't know as far as like how that will work on the dispensary side, if, a collective would even be possible, um, but that's not to say that it's not possible. Um, I do know of people who have, who, you know, submitted several applications, and what they did was they 
teamed up with other people who put their own applications together, but then there was an umbrella company at the top, you know, a parent company, and what will happen exactly. is if, you know, God forbid, or um, God forbid, God willing, they actually, you know, win some licenses, what's going to happen is they can, they're under one company, and so they can spread their costs. They can create purchases together as a team and actually, you know, get a volume discount, or they can actually go out and get the, their people great health insurance because now it's not a team of 10. Now we're talking several exactly. dispensaries that have multiple teams of 10. Um, and so I think exactly. that is a great idea. And the fact that it's even come up so early, you know, like I said, like you said, we're only the eighth day in to 2020. And people are already like, oh, we are going to have to go about this a different way. We're going to have to think about this creatively. And that's right on point. That's how you should be thinking about it. Exactly, exactly. And interestingly enough, they, the marijuana dispensaries, have absolutely sold out. And so <laughs> so it's a big hit. It's a big hit. There are mm-hmm. some really, really happy people out there right about now. <laughs> so absolutely. what are you forecast? You know, what are you forecasting for the cannabis industry in Illinois um, regarding, you know, wealth building, popularity, sales, but that's why I led that with, about them being sold out mm-hmm. because that's important. But what's your forecast for the future? And I, I know you're not appreciative, but just work with me here. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely, so I can't forecast anything for sure. I definitely at this point know that we are going to be in desperate need of, of growers. Um, and if we don't do grower, if we if we don't, you know, get the number of growers that we really want in the market ASAP, what's probably going to happen um, as a result is that we'll have to, you know, maybe do some sharing with other states, um, which I know on the West Coast, I think that's a little bit more common. Right now, that's it's not possible for us, um, I don't believe. And so we're kind of like our own little island uh, as far as like products. And so all products that uh, consumers buy in Illinois, obviously, are grown and created in Illinois with Illinois Bud. Um, so I think definitely we're going to need <laughs> more products. Um, I, I think the cultivators already knew that, though. I, I think they knew that months ago that we were going to run out. They they called it. Um, like, hey, the medical community called it. The medical community said it. Absolutely. Like, this is what's going to happen, you guys. Just so y'all know, please make sure you're prepared because this is going to happen. I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen as quickly as it did. Um, I think we <laughs> had the biggest opening day in America, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is You are huge. absolutely like, correct. Having, yeah. And so, like, that is – I'm not even going to lie to you. I was not expecting Illinois to have the biggest opening day in America thus far. Um, over California and Colorado, like it's mind blowing, absolutely, absolutely mind blowing. Um, but we should be proud. I think exactly. it's amazing. I can't really say what what I can say is that I I do see that this bill is going to allow for um wealth creation for Illinoisans, for Illinois veterans. Um, and for black and brown people in Illinois, absolutely. I, I cannot see it being any other way. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, got really worked up when we saw the 11 companies um, who were approved for recreational at the time. You know, that all, that story went viral. And then we had that right. the story where there was a lottery, and then it, it started all over again. 
Um, I, I know that's disheartening, um, but at the same time, those those people, those companies, uh, they they paid for those those recreational licenses that they got, <laughs> and they paid for them at a premium. Um, they definitely paid for them at a premium, and I, and um, you know, I think it was needed. I think we needed to have something in place for January. Um, so I, I think that was our only way of doing it, and I I definitely don't think that that's how our market is going to look. I just can't, based on the work that we've done with all the clients we've worked with thus far, everyone, every single client we've worked with wants diversity, wants social equity, wants veterans, <laughs> wants women, wants disabled, like they, everyone wants everyone everyone that we work with wants everyone included. And so I can't, like I said, like I said at the beginning, I can't speak for everyone, but I definitely think this, the spirit of, of Bill 1438 created um, a spirit of cooperation and, and um, you know, collaboration in the state of Illinois. So I definitely see for, for sure that there, it, there will be diversity and that there will be um, equity across the board in Illinois. I can't really speak for the, the growing aspect, but for dispensaries, Absolutely. I definitely believe there's going to be some, some diversity and equitable businesses um, on the dispensary side. I, um, yeah, craft, I, cultivation is different. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't even know. Do you have a, a thought about the cultivation? Um, how that all kind of played no. out, the fact that we didn't have cultivation licenses or applications go out and, um, the fact that we people were just given the option to do craft grow. Have you heard anything? I know some people were kind of upset about it, but did you have an opinion on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, the information is out there, but it's not necessarily making it to the specific um, um, demographic that we needed to make it to. And that's why I think it's important to have conversations like we're having on the podcast and you're getting the information out. Now, we know we had a lot of people migrate to Chicago from Mississippi and Alabama, Georgia, mm-hmm. all of those southern states. Mm-hmm. I know some people that can take one seed and grow a, a, like basically a forest. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, I would tell people to look out for people who have their own home gardens that understand how to grow things and work in conjunction with mm-hmm. them. I think it's important that if we have crafters out there not only to work on what they have, but also to basically um, build up or start to create, like, their own different types of marijuana or cannabis they want. I mm-hmm. told me about a particular strain called mimosa that they have out in the DMV in the D.C., Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland area. And, you know, mm-hmm. she was saying how wonderful it is. And I haven't visited any of these dispensaries yet, but it would be to their advantage to, for those that know how to grow to at least get started. And, again, mm-hmm. you can work, again, as a cooperative, as a team, you know, build that up and work with the different dispensaries and, you know, also doing it the legal way, going through the state of Illinois, getting certified, mm-hmm. which when you have all of these different groups out here, it would be important for them to contact someone like you all so that you can, you know, basically put them in contact with other people that are cultivating the different strains or cultivating weed and coming up mm-hmm. with their different strains. I think it's extremely important that we also lift the money not only for the dispensaries but to purchase some property and start a lab. 
and pull in people who are chemists and biologists that can help you with that mm-hmm. process. That's what all of these major corporations do. They have their labs and they have their chemists and biologists as they create new products. So that will help you not only create new different, um, you know, strains out there, but it will help you with, you know, building or making your topicals, making your lotions, making, you know, edibles. Um, there was something that someone showed me the other day. It was a video. And this guy was a master chef. And what he did was he infused the oils with different strains of marijuana. And then what he would do is have them basically take their joint and and infuse it with the oil that he created, and they smoked it. And it definitely <laughs> took them to a whole different level. So the possibilities are endless. But, again, if you know someone uh-huh. that came or that was raised by somebody from one of those southern towns, because, again, for many black people, you know, we are ancestors. We're descendants of enslaved people. And they were extremely agricultural, agrarian. So if you can find someone out there that has a green thumb to help you with that, and you all, like I said, I say build and grow. Build and grow. Put the money to the side. Mm-hmm. Put the money to the side. But if you work with all these different dispensary owners, and, of course, there are going to be alliances, alliance groups, and work within that, you know, you'll definitely be able to create, you'll be able to sell, but then you'll also meet new people that can come in and mm-hmm. be part of the process mm-hmm. with you. So I think that's extremely important. So it's like, yes, you know, I want to be an infuser, but I need to speak with someone that's a cultivator, but eventually maybe I want to cultivate my own things. But not only for me, but also I can sell to some of the other cultivators or the other dispensary owners so, again, the possibilities are definitely endless, and I just tell people to go out and do the research, read the videos. I mean, watch the videos and read the different articles that are out there, but, you know, again, be well-versed on Illinois law. And, again, Absolutely. it's about teams. It's about team building because none of us, you know, is an island. It's, that's just not how it goes. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, you guys, what you're doing is absolutely wonderful. You know, you told us about the services that you're offering. Um, are you hiring, and how can people contact you? So um, Illinois Free Staffing right now, we we have a lot going on, and so we are taking applications for our team specifically as far as the recruiting piece goes and the training piece goes. Um, we right now are still trying to form that timeline and that strategy for when things are going to start to scale. Um, but we obviously want to be able to create and build um, our prospects so that we're ready um, and can just pull the trigger when it's time. Um, with that being said, the more hiring is on the staffing side. And so, like I said, we represent companies who um, you know, don't necessarily, they could be looking at an area that they are applying for and they just don't know that area well enough. They could be out of state uh, or they are just having a hard time finding that piece, that missing piece of the puzzle, which would be in this case, most likely the social equity or the veteran piece. Like they know we want to have at least this many veterans on our team. For some reason, we just can't find them. Can you help us? Um, and so that's kind of where Illinois equity staffing come in. And so in that, in that case, yes. We're hiring, but we're hiring for the clients. Um, so we're always, if you go to our website, you'll, you'll see there's a button um, to click. It's job seekers, and you can always submit your application. We have recruiters go through that on a regular basis. Um, it is a, a ebb and flow depending on what's going on. So a really good example I'll give you is um, in October when 
the October 11th update came out from the IDFPR where, you know, they decided that being a social equity employee for a dispensary organization did not necessarily mean that you had to live in a disproportionately impacted area for five out of the last 10 years. Now it means that you currently live in a disproportionately impacted area. What that did was created a shift because then people were like, okay, we can actually get on board with that. Um, and, and, you know, it's not as much administrative paperwork to, to, to do. On the flip side, though, you have to have the income. If you're applying for an application and you don't necessarily have an operation or facility going, that means you have to put um, your team on payroll and have them being paid full time if you're going to hire them as social equity employees and put them on your application um, to be considered a social equity applicant. Um, and so we, after that update, we saw kind of a huge influx of people who were just interested, like, huh, let me see what this will look like. You know, we don't know where to start. We obviously are working on our application, so we don't have time to recruit. Can you look into this for us? And so it's ebb and flow. Um, I think right now a lot of people are just kind of coming down from, <laughs> this is no pun intended, but coming down from the high of the, of the new year. Um, and so <laughs> people have submitted their applications. They're exhausted. I, several people are that I've spoken to in the last week are, like, just exhausted. They just need that break. Um, but then there are some people who, um, you know, we're coming off the holidays, and I think people are just kind of taking that breather before they go in for this next round, which is due March 16th for the, the craft row infusers and the transport. Um, and so for us, it's definitely an ebb and flow type of business. There are, we have weeks where um, we're really just focused on training, and then there are weeks where we we have to focus strictly on recruiting because there are a lot of job or open job requisitions or um, assignments that are out there that people want to get filled. Um, so we're always accepting applications for our clients. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, you all can find them at IllinoisEquitySaffing.com. They're located downtown Chicago, 55 East Monroe Street, Suite 3800. Again, that's 55 East Monroe Street, Suite 3800. You could email them, info at IllinoisEquitySaffing.com. Again, info at IllinoisEquitySaffing.com. And if you don't feel like typing all of that out, you can reach them at 888-420-4378. Again, that's 888-420-7, I'm sorry, 4378. I'll repeat one more time, 888-420-4378. And isn't it interesting? The first three digits are four two zero. Hmm, thought nobody noticed hey, that. Hey, but that's the first three digits of my cell phone number two. Sis, what you mean? Okay. <laughs> okay, but another question, because you all are based in Chicago, are you all going to be mm-hmm. holding um, training classes in Central and Southern Illinois? So we are actually working with someone who is um, working for working with Peoria and Galesburg um, and Springfield, trying to really hone in on that territory. Um, absolutely, that territory is completely underserved, unfortunately. Um, I think, you know, this goes back to Chicago being kind of like the central, even though Springfield is, you know, our, the capital of, of Illinois, I think. The focus is always on Chicago. That's where, you know, we're most populated in the state. And um, I think that's where a lot of the attention for this particular subject, cannabis itself, has gone. Um, But we do have uh, someone that we're working with that is holding uh, classes. I believe he's doing another one 
around Peoria, if I'm not mistaken, on June 25th. Um, so be looking out for that. Everything can be found on our Eventbrite, but we also have classes online. So we do have an online man- learning management system. If you go to our website, you can find that as well. Um, but we're definitely trying to branch out and make sure that the underserved markets get just as much attention, if not more, than the ones um, like Chicago and the north side. Um, we, we had that issue, like I said, I'm from the south suburbs, and for a few months, it was pretty bleak out in the south suburbs, and then Governor State was like, mm, no more, like we need to focus on making sure that people in the south suburbs also are getting a little bit of love as far as education and awareness goes. So it, I think it's coming um, we got to give it a little bit of time, but I definitely, I'm hoping to see that the rural part of Illinois get just as much attention as the rest of the state. Definitely, definitely. And the reason why I brought that up is because don't sleep on Champaign-Urbana, Decatur, <laughs> Bloomington, and even Carbondale, because you want to go where these universities are, right? Because Absolutely. <laughs> you know, cause, because in a lot of those towns, they definitely have a large black and brown population, not only at the universities, mm-hmm. but the people that live in the towns. Another um, city is Pontiac, Illinois. So, you know, I definitely want to make sure that we get the word out to everyone because, you know, I don't want the people in Decatur or, you know, even Springfield or Bloomington or Champaign thinking, well, no one's talking to us about how we're doing. They may have people out there. I just haven't Mm -hmm. looked. But because Mm -hmm. I enjoy you guys, I just want to encourage you, you know, to, to, you know, expand that territory, think bigger, limitless. You know, you can absolutely do it. And I encourage you guys, I appreciate you and everything that you've done, and I thank you for taking time out to join me and my audience today. And you guys, make sure you definitely reach out to them. And, again, IllinoisEquitySpaffing.com, IllinoisEquitySpaffing.com, and you can email them, info at IllinoisEquitySpaffing.com, 888-420-4378. Again, that's 888-420-4378. Ms. Williams, thank you very kindly for joining us today. Absolutely. I enjoyed our conversation. And you all yes, are ma'am. welcome back thank to the show Thank you so much for anytime. having us on your show. Thank yes, you. you. I appreciate information. it. Yes, ma'am. Will you get the information for Peoria and, you know, the other places that you may set up training? Let me know. I got a big mouth. I'll tell everybody. So, you know, I can put it out. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, so I'll Kim. make sure everyone knows. Yeah. So, you know, Happy New Year. And, you know, like you said, we're starting it out with a bang. There are some really smile and happy people out there. We want the rest <laughs> of you guys to get a little happier as well. That, that's the nature of the business. So, again, welcome to Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Ms. Williams, you and your other principals, you know, all of the wonderful people, thank you so much, and I definitely, you know, wish you the very best in your future endeavors. And I let me know because I'll always be one of your cheerleaders back here. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate it. I'm sure we will be working and talking with you very soon. Yes, we will. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Again, this is Black Free Thinkers. Have a good afternoon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.